The story of William Frederick Hilliard. William Frederick Hilliard was born on October 21, 1945, in Brooklyn, New York. After high school, William joined the Army. After leaving the Army, he became a New York State Trooper in June of 1967. On August 22, 1968, Hilliard was responding to a motor vehicle accident in Pound Ridge, New York. When he arrived, a masked man pointed a gun at Hilliard and forced him out of the car and into the trunk. An additional man came out of a wooded area holding a machine gun. We now know the men to be the Pardue brothers, along with an accomplice. They drove the cruiser to the northern Westchester County Bank in Vista, New York. The men robbed the bank of over $22,000 with Trooper Hilliard still in the trunk. They drove around for a while and ditched the cruiser in nearby New Canaan, Connecticut. Trooper Hilliard was still in the trunk and managed to strip two wires together and was able to pop the latch of the trunk and then called for backup. Roadblocks were set up by Connecticut and New York State Police along with the FBI. In January 1969, police arrested Calvin DeVoe for the kidnapping of State Trooper William Hilliard five months prior. Hilliard testified that DeVoe was the person who accosted him on a lonely road when he answered a radio call reporting an alleged automobile accident. Hilliard said that DeVoe pointed a revolver at him and a second man carrying a machine gun emerged from a nearby wooded area. The two men, along with their accomplice, disarmed him and then placed him in the trunk of his black-and-white cruiser. The prosecutors threw out the case against DeVoe because he, at the time of the kidnapping, was running a dice game on the street corner in Stamford, Connecticut. In March 1969, William Hilliard, still a New York State trooper, let an 18-year-old kid stay at his home. His name, Stephen Fleming. Steve, who had dropped out of and re-entered Carmel High School several times, left the school for the last time in December 1968. Since dropping out of the school, he'd been living at homes of friends and in foster homes. On Monday, March 17, 1969, Stephen Fleming was supposed to meet his girlfriend, Sandy, and other friends from Carmel High School in New York City to watch the St. Patrick's Day Parade. He never made it. The following morning, William Hilliard reported to work at the Golden Bridge substation at 7 a.m. He contacted a friend, a Carmel, New York police officer, Donald Myers. William Hilliard wanted to meet Myers at 8 a.m. at the Meadowland Chrysler, Route 6, Carmel, New York. Hilliard didn't tell Myers why he wanted to meet with him, but told them that it was important. Myers pulled into the parking lot of the restaurant next door to the dealership at 8.10 a.m. Bill, as Myers referred to him as, pulled up next to his cruiser and got into Hilliard's cruiser. For the next five minutes, Hilliard and Myers talked in general conversation, including gun holsters, which I make as a side note. Bill then said to Myers that he had a big problem on his hands. 
Hilliard stated that last Monday, March 10th, Steve Fleming, a local youth, came over to his home located on Grasslands Road in Lake Carmel and asked for a place to flop for the night. Hilliard stated that he let the kid stay at his house. Myers told Hilliard that letting Steve Fleming stay at his house was not a good idea. Hilliard stated that he had known the kid for a very long time. Since March 10th, Hilliard thought Steve Fleming was breaking into his house and taking cigarettes and alcohol. Then on the morning of March 17th, Steve Fleming came back to the house at about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning and that Fleming knocked on Hilliard's door and he appeared that he was drunk and said that he was in New York City and was mugged and had no money. He asked Hilliard for a place to stay. Hilliard told Myers that when Steve Fleming stripped down to get ready for bed, Hilliard noticed that Steve Fleming was wearing his trooper socks and underwear. Right after this, they both went to bed. They shared the same bedroom, but slept in separate beds. Hilliard woke up at 5.30 and started thinking that this kid was making a fucking fool out of him. So Hilliard took a pistol, Walther Automatic, and shot Fleming in the head. Myers asked Hilliard if the kid was dead, and he stated, if he wasn't, he is now because he wrapped his body in plastic bags and he would have suffocated by now. He continued to ask where in the head did he shoot the kid, and Hilliard said, in the back of the head. Myers thought that Hilliard was putting him on, and he was waiting for a punchline or something. He asked Hilliard, where was the kid when you shot him? He said the kid was in his mother's bed next to his. Myers asked him about the bleeding and the bloodstains. He stated that he bled all over two pillows and that his t-shirt was full of blood, so Hilliard cut the t-shirt off and he was going to burn everything. At this point, Myers was angry and he thought Bill was full of shit and he was out of his mind and Myers didn't believe a word in the story. Bill told Myers that he wasn't lying, and if he was going to give him a key to his house to go look for himself. Hilliard then asked Myers to help him dispose of the body, adding that he wanted to probe Fleming's head for the bullet. Myers told Hilliard to stop breaking his balls, and there was no way that you would be able to get a bullet out of a head by probing it. Bill then said, okay, we'll cut off the head. At this time, Myers really thought that Hilliard was yanking his chain, and Myers told him, okay, if you want to make a real mystery out of this, we'll cut off the head, stab him in the heart, and leave his body en route six. Bill's face lit up and began to smile. Myers was running out of patience. He told Hilliard to stop wasting his time and show him the body now. Hilliard didn't want to drive his cruiser to the house, but after a while, he agreed to. They had a quick cup of coffee at Jean's restaurant, which was where they were both parked. Hilliard drove back roads to the house on grasslands with Myers sitting in the passenger seat. They arrived at 9.15 a.m., and they both entered through the back door. Hilliard pointed down the hallway towards the bedroom and said, There you are. Myers walked into the bedroom, which contained two beds, both had signs of blood on the sheets. 
Meyer leaned under the bed where he saw a large object wrapped in a tan or brown plastic garbage bags. He nudged the object with his right shoe and felt a solid object. He stood up and saw Bill with a smirk on his face. Worried for his personal safety, he got on his hands and knees to take a good look under the bed. Myers said that he had a distinct outline of a human head and upon feeling through the plastic bag, he located an elbow and an upper arm. He stood up and said, Bill, are you fucking kidding me? He had the same smirk on as he did a few minutes ago. Hilliard then exclaimed, Do you believe me now? He asked Bill, Where are your clothes? Bill pointed to a pair of stripped shorts on the other bed, and he stated that they were his, and that he removed them from the body before he wrapped it. He asked Bill what the kid was wearing now, and he said he was nude. When Myers asked Bill where the rest of Steve's clothing were, Bill pointed in the bed where the shorts were. Myers walked around the apartment for a while, back and forth into the room, and nudged the package again. Thinking that all of this was a dream, Meyer said to Bill, let's think about it on the way back. They returned to Jean's restaurant at 9.40 a.m. Myers continued to sit in Hilliard's cruiser. He asked Bill whatever possessed him to do a thing. He also asked if it was Fleming in the bag, and Hilliard told Myers that indeed it was Fleming in the bag. Hilliard asked Myers to help him remove the body from the house and put it in his private car that night. Hilliard mentioned dumping it along the city, along some back road, but was very concerned about removing the head to avoid anybody retrieving the bullet. He again asked Bill why he did this, and he said that the kid was making a fool out of him and wasn't going to let him get away with it. He even stated that he parked his car one road over to catch Steve in his house, and Steve never showed up. Myers told Bill that he needed to think about the body dumping thing, and he would let him know. Myers drove directly home around 10.15 a.m. After thinking about it for 10 or 15 minutes, Myers contacted Chief Bailey and asked him to come over to his house immediately and told him the whole story. Trooper William Hilliard was sent to the Brewster substation that afternoon where he was arrested for the murder of Stephen Fleming. Stephen Fleming was a member of the Carmel High School football team and was interested in other scholastic sports. He was described as a short, fairly good-looking fellow with chiseled features. He had reddish, wavy hair and an infectious grin according to a member of the school staff. Stephen was described as a rough, likable fellow by a Lake Carmel luncheonette owner who knew him well. In spite of his nomadic way, Steve was popular with many of the teenagers in the heavily populated Lake Carmel area. Many of his friends recall that Steve was well known for his favors he did or tried to do for people. Steve had been in trouble several times, theft of a car, and some petty crimes. In all cases, he was treated as a youthful offender. 
Steve worked in both Carmel and Lake Carmel as a lifeguard for Beach 4 and worked for the town of Kent as a member of the Highway Department road crew. Because of his nomadic existence, no one knows how long Steve Fleming lived at Trooper William Hilliard's before he was murdered. Why Trooper Hilliard, who was a 23-year-old bachelor who lived alone in a cottage, chose to befriend Steve Fleming is also not known. Putnam County Coroner Dr. John Del Campo said that an autopsy was performed in Westchester County and that Fleming died of a brain damage as a result of a bullet fired into the back of his head. The coroner also said that some of Fleming's organs had been sent to the state police laboratory in Albany to determine if there had been a sexual attack involved in the case. Stephen Fleming was survived by his father, James Fleming of New York City, a brother, Francis, from Mayapak, sisters Elizabeth of Yonkers and Louise of Towners. Steve was predeceased by his mother, Elizabeth Baran, who was killed in a car accident in November 1965 when the car she was driving plowed through 16 guardrails, plunged over a 100-foot embankment, and sank to the bottom of Croton Falls River off of Stonely Avenue, Carmel, New York. October 1969, William Hilliard pled not guilty for the murder of Stephen Fleming by reason of insanity. Putnam County Justice Fred A. Dickinson rendered a decision that William Hilliard was not mentally capable to stand trial for the murder of Stephen Fleming. The many friends of Stephen Fleming were up in arms over the decision. They contend that if Hilliard had not been a trooper, the case would be deposed of. Hilliard was sent to a state mental hospital to determine at such time that he would be able to stand trial. It was thought that Judge Dickinson not only bent over backwards to assure Hilliard of his rights, but was protecting the court against any appeal when and if the case were to go to trial. It was up to the state to have Hilliard return to court to stand trial. On Tuesday, October 14, 1969, Hilliard was transferred to Matawan State Hospital in Dutchess County, New York. District Attorney Howard Thompson put up two expert witnesses who testified that Hilliard was sane at the time of the murder in should stand trial. Judge Dickinson's move put Hilliard in the custody of the New York State Director of Mental Hygiene until such time. William F. Hilliard was found to be mentally ill following his arrest and unable to stand trial. His diagnosis was psychosis with sexual deviation, homosexuality, schizoid, and reactive features. In 1972, William Hilliard was found not guilty by reason of insanity by a jury for the murder of Stephen Fleming on March 17, 1969. The jury, which deliberated for nearly 16 hours, found that Hilliard lacked sufficient mental capacity at the time of the crime to know that consequences of his conduct or that it was wrong. It was undetermined that the jury ever took into consideration that William Hilliard was a state trooper in New York, that the state trooper's role is to protect and serve. 
After the verdict, Judge Dickinson committed Hilliard to the custody of the State Commissioner of Mental Hygiene, who will determine which state hospital Hilliard will be sent to for further examination. It would be the decision of the State Commissioner when Hilliard will be able to return to society. Hilliard was committed to the Harlem Valley State Hospital in Wingdale, New York in 1972. During his time in the mental facility, William Hilliard took classes from Dutchess Community College on the grounds of the State Hospital. Hilliard was eager to be released and told his psychiatrist in August 1973 that he was ready to return to society and that he would be taking more classes. His psychiatrist agreed that he should be released. Hilliard stated that he wanted to be closer to Poughkeepsie where he would be attending college. His doctor went on to say that uh, the patient was able to reason about and discuss logically his actions and motivation leading to the killing in connection with what he was charged with. It is apparent that the patient had been able to conceal successfully from an early adolescence on the fact that he was a practicing homosexual. He was to realize that the victim of the killing was in a position to blackmail him by threatening to expose his homosexual activities. This threat was psychologically intolerable and he responded by impulsively killing the victim. The doctor went on to say that he recommends that Mr. Hilliard be released from the hospital and also continue to have psychotherapy on an outpatient basis for a period of one year following his release. This will be of value while he's making his re-entry into the community and establishes new social relationships of which he had few in the community at the present time. He will need a stable interpersonal relationships to help him bridge this gap between the long institutionalization and community living. All in all, the three doctors who agreed that William Frederick Hilliard be released from the mental hygiene facility and return to normal life. He was released in the fall of 1973. William Hilliard then attended Brooklyn Tech and had taken courses ranging from applied drafting systems designs, analog electronics, and electric circuits. He had a 4.0 GPA. Things changed from the fall of 1973 to December of 1974. On December 23, 1974, a 15-year-old boy left his house on Buckingham Avenue in Poughkeepsie, New York, and went to a wooded area northwest of the Farview Playground in Poughkeepsie to do some target practicing. At about 11 o'clock in the morning, a white male, approximately 30 years old, light brown hair, combed back, about six feet, wearing cowboy boots, approached the young boy while he was walking alone on one of the trails. They both started talking, and the man asked the boy how good he was with the gun. They walked for a little bit longer, and they saw a cabin that area youths built. The man asked the boy if he could see the cabin. They went into the cabin, and the man had told the boy to sit on a chair. They talked for a few minutes about how many guys built the cabin. 
The men asked to see the boy's gun. The boy gave the gun to him, and he looked at it for a minute, and then he put it down. The man then stated to the boy, Let me play with you. They both got up, and the older man reached around and grabbed the boy. The boy tried to break away. The man held the boy's hands behind his back and unzippered the boy's pants. The man then took the boy's penis out and started to rub it. After a couple of seconds, the boy exclaimed that somebody may be coming. The boy stood on this little platform and was looking out. The man started unbuckling the boy's pants. The man pulled the boy's pants down and put the boy's penis in his mouth. The man had the boy's penis in his mouth for about four minutes, and then he just stopped. The boy pulled his pants up, and the man and the boy both left the cabin separately. The alleged statements were made by the 15-year-old boy against William Frederick Hilliard. William Frederick Hilliard was arrested for sodomy. Back in the 70s, any sexual act committed on someone was constituted as a charge of sodomy. The charges were later dropped and William Hilliard left the area. William Hilliard now resides in Golden, Colorado.